Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from battle bears to bubbling bathhouses. And today, we're covering the Ancestral Guardian and Wild Magic Barbarian. I cast fireball. The Dungeon Cast. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm doing. I'm I'm enraged. <laughs> You're enraged. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> so yes, we're doing another class episode today, and it's been a while since we covered anything barbarian related. Yeah, like a very yeah. long time. <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying. There's so many classes, and there's so many subclasses. It's hard to get through them all. Well, right, <clears throat> like we've been. I've been playing this game for years now, mm-hmm. and I've. Bar- I feel like I've barely scratched the surface on characters I've actually played. Right. Right. You know, in terms of a different, I've, I've picked something different every time. Yeah. And there's so many options. There are. And it takes so a really many. long time to play a campaign. It does. If yeah. you're playing like a long, long-term one, not a one-shot. I mean, a minimum it could take, <clears throat> like, yeah, if you're playing a campaign, minimum it could take a few months. So. Minimum. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Usually it take a year. <clears throat> yes. Or Maybe more. more. Yeah. Anyways, let's get back to barbarians. So mm-hmm. today we're talking about two types of barbarians. Uh, for a quick recap, though, in D&D, a barbarian is a martial character who specializes in entering a state of extraordinary strength, endurance, and ferocity on the battlefield known as their rage. Uh, now, canonically, this rage is a de facto emotional state of anger with a supernatural twist and extremity. The anger felt by a normal person resembles the rage of a barbarian in the same way that a gentle breeze is akin to a furious thunderstorm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The barbarian's driving force comes from a place that transcends mere emotion, making its manifestation all the more terrible. 
Whether the impetus for the fury comes entirely from within or from forging a link with a spirit animal, a raging barbarian becomes able to perform supernatural feats of strength and endurance. The outburst is temporary, but while it lasts, it takes over body and mind, driving the barbarian on despite per peril and injury until the last enemy falls. Mm. So very Hulk-like. My favorite thing about <laughs> barbarians is reflavoring the rage. I'm about to. I'm about. I have a whole paragraph I wrote about that. So. Yep, and it's so it's so easy to do. It is. I'm sure, now, we'll get into it. So now, as cool as this is, I tend to prefer to reflavor rage whenever I play a barbarian myself. I've always just found it odd to have a mechanic tied so intrinsically to the emotion of anger. Yeah, uh, anger is often a terrible and destructive emotion. And though I'm a big fan of the Hulk as a character, he does fall into the trap of being a one-dimensional rage monster, which can be non-compelling at times. Watch a lot of Marvel content, especially the stuff made for kids, because mm -hmm. I have a little kid that's into superheroes yeah. at home, and yeah. uh, they play on that a lot with the Hulk. Right. They're like, almost every episode that they do involving the Hulk is mm -hmm. like, Hulk, you have to learn not to fucking destroy everything. This is a kid's show. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. And he's like, okay, Hulk will find I'm, something else to do, I yeah, guess. I'm trying, but I'm Hulk. <laughs> there's, I think there's one time a boulder falls, and he's like, I know what to do. Okay. And he's like, Hulk, now's the time. And he's like, yeah, I'm on it. And he punches the shit out of it. And oh, like, that's Good cool. job, Hulk. <laughs> so personally, I think the coolest thing about the Barbarian as a class isn't the idea of rage as a I just lose all control and unleash hell mechanic. Although it can be that, and that can be fun. But what the rage mechanic represents on a mechanical level. There is something super dope about a character that can unlock this higher state of power. Mm -hmm. An oh shit, things just got real. Let me take off this weighted armor and show them what I can really do mode. Mm -hmm. um, I just think rage being strict, being a strictly I get real mad mechanic is kind of dumb. Um, it can be a zen mode of cold calculating detachment, making a fighter deadlier than ever. It can be an inner power outside of the character's control that ignites in life and death situations as a defense mechanism. It can be going Super Saiyan. It can be a magical girl transformation a la Sailor Moon. Um, all I'm saying is barbarians are really cool, but maybe not for the most obvious reasons. Anyways, let's get into the subclasses, starting with Ancestral Guardian. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about our character builds and how we reflavor the rage for yeah, them. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be <clears throat> the best part of the episode, I think. So some barbarians hail from cultures that revere their ancestors. These tribes teach that the warriors of the past linger in the world as mighty spirits who can guide and protect the living. When a barbarian who follows this path rages, the barbarian contacts the spirit world and calls on these guardian spirits for aid. Barbarians who draw on their ancestral guardians can better fight to protect their tribes and their allies. In order to cement ties to their ancestral guardians, barbarians who follow this path cover themselves in elaborate tattoos that celebrate their ancestors' deeds. These tattoos tell sagas of victories against terrible monsters and other fearsome rivals. Hmm. So, if you take the ancestral guardian path, you gain uh, this feature at level 3, Ancestral Protectors. Um, spectral warriors appear when you enter a rage. While you're raging, the first creature you hit with an attack on your turn becomes the target of the warriors, which hinder hinders its attacks. Until the start of your next turn, the target has disadvantage on any attack roll that isn't against you. When the target hits a creature other than you with an attack, that creature has resistance to damage dealt by the attack. The effect on the target ends early if your rage ends. I forgot how much I love this subclass. It's so good. It it turns the barbarian from what you would think as like a DPS attacker into um, an aggro drawing tank. And it turns every other player, and, and you'll see it the more we talk about it, yeah. but like especially with the next feature, it turns everybody else basically into defensively speaking barbarians. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Okay. Well, pretty much we'll, because we'll like it. when you're when you have your rage on, you're taking oh, half so damage you defensively. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. taking if it's not magical. Basically, if it's like bludge, bludgeoning. 
damage. Yeah, you, you have resistance. Damage. You resist it. Yeah. So this is making other people that get hit by this one target resist. like resistant yeah. to that. Yeah. But I, that's that's what I meant by. I, it reminds me of the defenders from Fourth Edition, where it's like, no, you focus on me, and if you try to focus on anyone else, you pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's what this is. So the, there's a lot of that with like the polearm and like mm-hmm. um, the um, oh, I forgot. Sentinel, Sentinel feature. Sentinel is yeah. is one that does that. Uh, oh, the spell command, right? Like um, command kind of does that. Yeah, I like how when they are building classes, they oh, kind of thinking, make a spell into no, no, one of the you're abilities. Thinking of uh, compelled duel. Compelled duel. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm thinking. thinking. Of, yeah, yeah. So like they take a they take like a pretty okay. It can be a situational thing, but like mm-hmm. a spell with some utility and kind of bake it into a class feature in a way. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a really smart thing to do. Yeah, I agree. So at sixth level, you get a feature called Spirit Shield. The Guardian Spirits that aid you can provide supernatural protection to those you defend. If you are raging and another creature you can see within 30 feet of you takes damage, you can use your reaction to reduce that damage by 2d6. When you reach certain levels in this class, you can reduce the damage by more. 3d6 at level 10 and 4d6 at level 14. So this stacks onto the already resistance. You know what I mean? You just make it so like, no, yeah. you have to attack me. Right, and right. And that's fucking cool. And... and- I'm going to, I'll tell you when it, you're fighting like mob creatures, mm-hmm. this is basically going to nullify, you're going to protect the shit out of one person. Right. Like you're using that reaction and these D6, especially up at like level 10, 3D6 against like mob creatures, mm-hmm. that's going to pretty much take care of it. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least a good chunk of it. A big chunk. Yeah. yeah. So at level 10, you get a feature called consult the spirits. You gain the ability to consult your ancestral spirits. When you do so, you cast the augury or clairvoyance spell. Without using a spell slot or material components, rather than creating a spherical sensor, this use of clairvoyance invisibly summons one of your ancestral spirits to the chosen location. Wisdom is your spellcasting ability for these spells. After you cast either spell in this way, you you can't use this feature again until you finish a short or long rest. Now, this is a very fun feature. Mm -hmm. It's not very potent for a level 10 feature. But it's strictly no. utility and it's strictly flavor. But it is really cool and I like it a lot. Well, you get two spells basically. Yeah. So that and they're very good, especially when you have like this is kind of a cool feature for a barbarian who's not very like no no investigative utility. Yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Not really high on the intelligence spectrum, yeah. typically speaking. Right. Um, this is going to level the playing field there because you can have a fucking ghost just tell you what to do <laughs> that's true <laughs> but it's a fun way to look at it because like yeah the the barbarian is martially focused yeah you do good in battle it's what you do yeah there's a fun thing you can do out of battle now too yes and it, it is cool like when you have something that is like what what are we going to do about this how are we supposed to make this decision mm-hmm. you can summon your ancestors. yeah talk to the ancients see right. if there's any wisdom to be gained they can literally go look around for stuff or whatever can too. they can yeah. they go walk around what is it augury and augury is kind like of, when you get an spell. answer yeah yeah I don't, I don't i'm not familiar with clairvoyance clairvoyance spell. is to help you um like determine like an action a course of action is going to be successful or not that's augury oh that's augury yeah maybe we'll look we'll look up clairvoyance and, yeah. and augury yeah. Um, actually, I remember Augury specifically right because of my um, my necromancer I built that I couldn't give him Augury. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I found a way to give him Augury. We'll read we'll read both those spells um, at right. the end of you, Will's Detail. You look that up. You get one last feature for the Ancestral Guardian at level 14. It's called Vengeful Ancestor, Ancestors. Your ancestral spirits grow powerful enough to retaliate. When you use your spirit shield to reduce the damage of an attack, the attacker takes an amount of force 
damage equal to the damage that your spirit shield prevents. So it's like even more punishment. Yeah. So very this, cool. See, these features are very cool, and I love running characters like this. Defender was my favorite role in 4E to roll. Um, I will say there's a double-edged sword to this, though, because if your dungeon master doesn't, like, push against these features at all, and it just focuses on you, it's like, well, that is the end goal, so that's cool, but you never really also get the, the fun punch of, like, someone going against your 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 ancestors in this case and actually getting punished for it you know what i mean yeah i think role play is really important because yeah. when you rage as a barbarian it's supposed to be terrifying to your enemies you're yeah. supposed to incite some sort of sure not magical fear which is going to make right. your opponent do certain things but right. a lot of enemies will try to run mm-hmm. and if they try to run and like attack like uh maybe i'm a little weaker and like you came up on me, I'm gonna go try to attack another guy, mm-hmm. and I'll live. Mm-hmm. And then my big guy can handle your big guy. Mm-hmm. And if they try to do that, they get hella punished. I mean, they right, can't. right, yeah. So well, that's what I mean. It, it's dependent on your dungeon master and like the way that, you, yeah. the way you just described it. Like that's the funnest way to play this character. It's like you get to have your cake and eat it too. Like uh, we found people really, get punished, yeah, and that's fun. And then now that they've learned, they do the thing you want them to do, which is attack you, which is fun too. Um, I'll talk. I'll, we'll touch again on that when I talk about this character build that okay. we're going to do. Oh, but, that's the last feature for the Ancestral Garden. So, so I, anything... have, I have the spells up. Oh, you have the spell. Yeah. yeah let's hear clairvoyance. Let's talk. Uh, okay. Well, I have Augury up, so we'll talk okay. about that first. <laughs> so um, it's a second level spell. It takes a minute right. to cast yes. on self. <clears throat> it's instantaneous divination by casting gem and laid sticks, rolling dragon bones, uh, laying out ornate cards, or employing uh, some other divining tool, which I imagine in this case is like something have to do with your ancestors or tattoos or whatever, Uh, you receive an omen from an otherworldly entity about the results of a specific course of action that you plan to take within the next 30 minutes. The DM chooses from the following possible omens. Uh, Wheel for good results, woe for bad results, wheel and woe for both good and bad, and nothing for results that aren't especially good or bad. Uh, the spell doesn't take into account any possible circumstances that might change the outcome, such as the casting of additional spells or the loss or gain of a companion. If you cast the spell two or more times before completing your next long rest, there's a cumulative 25% chance for each casting after the first that you get a random reading. Uh, the DM makes this roll in secret. Uh, what do you think a random reading is? What oh. do you think it means by that? Like if you, there's a 25% chance for each casting, you'll get a, a random reading. Not sure what that means. I'm not sure what that means. My either. player never casts like your barbarian's not really going to do that. I don't think because I think this is a rest feature. You right. only really get to yeah. do it once. So I don't. Yeah, I'm not in sure. In this context, the, we're not. I'm about sure it. someone can explain the random reading thing to us in context. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means. In the comments. Um, so clairvoyance is a third level spell. It takes yeah, that's ten, the one I'm not familiar with. Ten minutes to cast. Uh, the range is one mile. Um, oh, this is a big one. Okay. It is concentration, divination, magic. You create an invisible sensor within range in a location familiar to you, a place you have visited or seen before. In this instance, with the barbarian, it's going to send a spectral version of your ancestor. Yeah, is what it said. Yeah, or in an obvious location that is unfamiliar to you, such as behind a door, around a corner, or in a grove of trees. The sensor remains in place for the duration, and it can't be attacked or otherwise interacted with. When you cast a spell, you choose seeing or hearing. You can use the chosen sense through the sensor as if you were in its space. As your action, you can switch between seeing and hearing. A creature that can see the sensor, such as a creature benefiting from sea invisibility or true sight, uh, sees a luminous, intangible orb about the size of your fist, but in this case, it's going to see the ghost of your ancestor. Right. Um, that's pretty much can it. Can you move it about, or is it stuck in its place? Um, you create an invisible sensor location. 
Uh, no, it doesn't say anything about movement. Okay. Um, but you can put it, like, if you want to see beyond the door, mm-hmm. what's in the next room, mm-hmm. uh, you can You're visualize sending a drone. It, send You're sending a drone. A drone. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a familiar that you, like, make appear. That's And then cool. you can kind of see through it. It's funny, because, like, when I hear the word clairvoyance, that is not what I picture. But that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's what those spells do. So All right. Cool, cool beans. You ready to talk about your character? Yeah. Well, Let's it's not my it. character. Right. It's I know, I a know. character that I uh, that I DM for. So this is going to be kind of a like a little bit of a Patreon plug for us because mm-hmm. I DM a game called Flashbang and the Surgeon, which is modified uh, episodes of Batman the Animated Series. We turn into D and D with their own original characters, and old Batman directs them around to go do stuff inspired mm-hmm. from episodes. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I have two players, uh, your special guest, Jake, who you might be familiar with from this show and earlier episodes, or Super Quest Saga. Indeed. And then our uh, good friend, Steve, who plays um, a character called Brandon Bobby, a.k.a. The Surgeon, uh, which is the superhero <laughs> alias that right. they use. So right. basically, I task them, make to make a character who is a person that mm-hmm. lives in the world of, we, we picked Waterdeep as our setting, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, become a superhero. Uh and I even told them, like, one of you has to pick a name that's like, like, you know, one one word and the other one is the something because I wanted the title to have that kind of. Yeah. Blank in the blank. Blank in the blank. Yeah. yeah kind of feel. Yeah. So they came up with uh, Flashbang and the Surgeon. So your special guest, Jake, is a monk, uh, mm-hmm. monk slash rogue, inquisitor rogue. Um, he kind of ended up going like more of a Batman-y route. And then Brandon Bobby is a barbarian. Um not very smart, not very charismatic, you know, strong and buff. Um, World classic. Yeah, yeah, and went with the Ancestral Guardian. And so um, we didn't know at the time how cool it would be to make... So I only have two players. And yes. how important Brandon Bobby is to the operation. Right, right. And it makes my job really easy yes. and really difficult depending on what happens. Because if they're using their features correctly, I can treat them both like barbarians. Oh, if, I see what you mean. Because they resist all the damage, they can resist it. If I knock one of them down, so I have to put out a lot of damage. Right. Um, but if he gets knocked down, then my monk rogue character becomes way more squishy. Or right. if they're separated, yes. you know, then the, the, yeah. the fight changes, especially with, you know, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Brandon Bobby is just like a normal guy who lives in Waterdeep uh, doing construction for... Um, <laughs> This, it's a city on the grow. I have water deep. Yeah. I have water deep on the rise. We're building skyscrapers. There's a dwarven guild doing a lot of the building around mm-hmm. here. Technology is on the up. There's mm-hmm. a guy that works for the Wayne Enterprises of this world. That what's it is, called? Uh, well, I called my Anders. Anders Enterprises. Okay. I, yeah, this yeah. is one of the only name swaps I really did okay. at the beginning because I didn't want to be too on the nose. Uh-huh. But um, yeah. The, uh, Anders is the old Batman, so I have Bruce Wayne, like, aged, and his name is Anders. Gotcha, um, okay. So Anders does uh, a lot of the, like, mission callouts and stuff in the beginning to help guide them. Like, finds these two individuals that happen to be friends through Brandon Bobby's grandma, Grandma Bobby. Grandma Bobby. Um, The the character special guest Shake plays his name is Lucian and um, is an elf that is a Sun Temple monk, uh-huh. and Grandma Bobby learns feng shui at the Sun Temple monk, so like, establishment. Uh-huh, yeah. And he, they know each other through that. They know each other through Grandma Bobby. Through Grandma gotcha. Bobby, and okay. one day they're walking home together after visiting Grandma Bobby, doing feng shui on her new apartment, and there's a crime, and they go try to do something about do it. Something about it. Yeah. And when they get arrested, eventually, at the end, for being vigilantes, mm-hmm. Anders comes and said, hey, I see a lot of potential in you, too. Come work for me. 
Okay, so that's how they start being a superhero. But tell us more about Brandon Bobby so specifically. Brand, Brandon Bobby um, is uh, has this. The parents are out of the picture, so it's just Grandma and Brandon in the okay. city. Okay, all right. And they, um, Grandma tells stories to Brandon about the ancestry from before the before times when they were um, a more nomadic tribe of barbarians, kind of. Uh, roving the countryside of Faerun, mm-hmm. and uh, you know your your very distant ancestor did this cool thing. The first the first notable Bobby saved the village from right. blah blah blah. Yeah, and sure. then this Bobby did this and this and this, and we yeah. base them off of British white guy actors, pretty much. Oh, okay. So the ancestors that show up when they rage uh-huh. are oh, no. are actors. Are they? I'd say this inspired me. Okay. We we go. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the rage. When Brandon Bobby rages. <laughs> Um, they wanted it to be kind of anime inspired and um, okay. sexual in nature. Oh no! So <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Okay. Um, they so Brandon Bobby wears like a jumpsuit, kind of like an old 1920s like um, wrestling. Yeah, sort I've of seen. Yeah, I've seen the artwork. Up. Yes. And and they also that's like their ancestors sort of wear <laughs> their ancestral wear, uh-huh. and then they also took on the moniker of the surgeon uh-huh. as their superhero thing. So. Yeah. They use hand axes and great axes, so we have a no kill rule, and we call oh. it, we call it f bats. So we okay. have the Batman law, uh-huh. which is no killing. Right. You can violence up as much as you want, mm-hmm. but don't purposefully kill anybody, or yes. the game is over, okay. or you have to roll up a new guy. You're not a murderer. We're gonna mind wipe yeah. you. Okay. So yeah, sure. Um, Batman kills lots of people. I've watched a lot of Batman the animated series. Uh-huh. Batman yeah. kills lots of people, uh-huh. but they don't really address it, or they like. <laughs> fall in a tree or something from like he Batman will throw a guy from hundreds of feet up in the air off of like a uh, Zeppelin but, okay. and not give a fuck and like for some reason <laughs> this guy will just like not die and it'll be hey, fine that's a superpower Batman is killing people yeah, but we, sure. we kind of like glance over that yeah. so his Batman his, is killing people <laughs> Batman is killing people don't let him lie to you uh, <laughs> so he uses his hand axes in a surgically precise way as to not oh, kill Okay. Um, so we call him the surgeon. Yes. Does he um, wear a surgeon mask? He wears a surgical okay. mask and cap oh and a coat. Yes. With the with the thing underneath. With the wrestler's with the, outfit. The wrestler's underneath. outfit underneath. He's a mess. He does have wrestling powers too. He's got like special gloves. Okay. Cool. We've got lots of magical items on on my superhero guys. Yeah. So we have Makes like sense. a grappling glove, like Batman would have, all this Batman stuff. Mm-hmm. Um he gets younger when he rages. What? And looks a little more sexy and gets okay. strong sure. because of it. Okay. And um, says things like Sugoi and things like that. I don't know what that means, but okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, It's a lot of fun. Uh Um, When these features turn on, so he's got tattoos, I think, around his nipples and on his butthole. Sorry. No. This is NC-17. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Hey, guys, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Um, The tattoos glow when they rage, and the ancestors appear from the tattoos. Uh Uh-huh. And um, the first one is... Uh um, Oh, no. It's been a while since we've played... But um, Hugo Weaving, Bobby. Okay. So it's not really a comedian. No, no, they're not comedians. They're just actors. I thought you said comedians. No, 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 no. That'd be. So we have uh, Hugo Weaving, Bobby, and they're not all British. Um, Hugo Weaving. No, it's Jude Law, Bobby's the first one. Jude Law, Bobby. Jude Law, Bobby is the Uh, first one that does the. um, This ghost will like jump around and deflect for the other character for the Mm -hmm. level three ability. Mm -hmm. Then Hugo Weaving, Bobby, is the one that does like similar stuff. They jump Mm -hmm. around like um, like circus characters, like like circus. Acrobats, sure, to go defend the other yeah. character. Yeah. Um, and at first they can't talk to you, but later on you can talk to them. Oh, okay, um, that's cool. And you can hear them okay. as things go on. Yeah. But in the beginning, they're just like thumbs up each other mm-hmm. when the rage would happen. They'd yeah. only be out for like during combat in a minute, so there's no real role play. Yeah. 
Um, thank God I have to do all those voices. Now I have to do all the voices. That's yeah. Because they're level 10 that's now. That's a lot, yeah. But um, yeah, there's Jude Law Bobby is the first ancestor. Hugo Weaving. Hugo Bobby. Weaving Bobby. Yeah. And then Matthew McConaughey Bobby is where we landed. He's the one that does yeah, all the divine shit. Oh, no. No, he's not British, yeah, he's but he says, British, all right, all right, all right. I bet he does. Yeah, absolutely uh-huh. he does. <laughs> so that's when the, the Guardians start talking to the character. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, we're at a really cool place. There's two there's two seasons of that show just in the bank and a third season that's underway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on kind of a little bit of a pause right now because we're working on other stuff. But there's a lot of show there. There is. And a lot of people that watch it end up watching it, end love up really it. loving it. So yes. I'd highly recommend you guys go check it out. Um, there's a lot of love baked into it and a lot of really it, like uh, funny chemistry that goes on between all of us there. Mm-hmm. Um, really good, really good stuff. Brandon Bobby's an excellent character I've come to love very much. <laughs> One of my favorites. I was like, what can follow up Sporeman? Sporeman, Sporeman. That's all I hear about. Right. And now I was like, Brandon Bobby could follow Brandon up Bobby Sporeman. Definitely and definitely could. if you know F-Bats, like, this is a great, great character. There's a lot of fun laughs. The magic item that I have on him that's special is Ring of the Ram. I think we brought that up last time. It used, like, three charges to, like, break stuff pretty much. And oh, that's pretty cool. A spectral ram appears and smashes the fuck out of something. Like that. That's yeah. pretty dope. So if this character's trapped or needs to break down a door, mm. ring of the ram. Boom. They are a barbarian. They could just break it down. They're well, really strong. You could also have the ring do it. Yeah, we got um, we got the unarmored defense. We got, like, uh, bracers of defense and stuff like that to bolster this character's um, uh, AC. I think we landed at like a 16 AC with this character, an 18 or plus four strength. Um, and then the intelligence is a nine, wisdom uh, plus one, charisma plus zero, flat at the end, 40 feet of walking speed. This character is extremely mobile and they make my monk rogue also resist most damage. It's a very, right. very cool character. Very good uh, team combination. Yeah. And a two-person, I don't know who's running a two-person setup these days. But this is a good one. This is a great pick for that, though. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, anything else about Brandon Bobby? I don't think so. I think that's it for me. All right. Well, then I think we can get ready for the short rest. And when we come back, we'll talk about the wild magic market. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, be sure to check out Super, Super Quest, Quest Saga. Saga. A future fantasy 5th edition D&D actual play podcast home brewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me... And set in space. And I play in it, along with your special guest Jake and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga! We've returned. We're Indeed. back at it again. God damn it. DeGonzo. Indeed we are. Um, and we are going to talk about a much newer um, subclass of the Barbarian, the Path of Wild Magic. Which is a very interesting one because barbarians, as a general rule, are kind of incompatible with magic. Right. The whole thing is like while raging, you can't cast spells kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so this is, it, it's not really like you can cast spells. It's just like magical bullshit happens when you're mad. Ooh. But we'll get into it. So many places in the multiverse are abound with beauty, intense emotion, and rampant magic. Uh, the Feywild, the Upper Plains, and other realms of supernatural power, they all radiate with such forces and that can profoundly influence people. As folk of deep feeling, barbarians are especially susceptible to these wild influences, with some barbarians being transformed by the magic itself. These magic-suffused barbarians walk the path of wild magic. Elf, tiefling, Asamar, and Genasi barbarians often seek this path, eager to manifest the otherworldly magic of their ancestors. Uh, this is essentially a sorcerer-style barbarian, which is pretty cool. That is that is interesting. Yeah. I like this is kind of interesting how they're both tied to ancestry. Yeah. So like, we talk about not leaving your baby's places in needy. Yeah, they might well, like, turn into a sorcerer. They gen- also might turn into a wild magic barbarian. Generally, in the real world, don't leave your baby's places either. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, but like I know. in D and D, super something don't. really bad will happen if you yes. leave. they'll turn babies into absolute animals. Yeah, to monsters, to wild magic barbarians, sorcerers. But anyways, the sorceress is Tasha, or the what do we call her? She's sorceress. Oh. Tasha's a wizard. She's a witch, wizard. wizard. Tasha is a, a, wizard. a wizard. Yeah, she's Igvil, like one of the most legendary right. wizards of all time. Yeah. Well, we haven't done that episode yet, so what the no, fuck do haven't. I know? Yeah. But uh, I did read the opener, and yeah. she was a baby that got left around. Was she? Yeah. Okay. Got picked mm-hmm. up by hags. Very interesting. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and she would learn their weird magic and a bunch of other stuff. And then she made hideous laughter. Great, great spell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I that's mean, what she happens. also teamed up with Grust. So yeah. Bad uh, times. Anyways, back to the wild magic path barbarian. Um, first feature you get along this path is called magic awareness. As an action, you can open your awareness to the presence of concentrated magic. Until the end of your next turn, you know the location of any spell or magical item within 60 feet of you Whoa. that isn't behind total cover. When you sense a spell, you learn which school of magic it belongs to. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. That's so you can, powerful. You can smell magic, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Also at level three, you get a feature called Wild Search. And this is kind of the big one. This is like the feature of this subclass. Um, with Wild Surge, the magical energy roiling inside you sometimes erupts from you. When you enter your rage, roll on the wild magic table to determine the magical effect produced. If the effect requires a saving throw, the DC equals 8 plus your proficiency bonus plus your constitution modifier. So wild magic. Here we go. We got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 different random effects that can happen every time you rage. Shit. So, first one. Shadowy tendrils lash around you. Each creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet of you must succeed on a constitution, constitution saving throw or take 1d12 necrotic damage and you gain 1d12 temporary hit points. Nice. Um, next feet. Next. I don't know what to call these. Uh, effect. Next effect is you teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you can see. Until your rage ends, you can use this effect again on each of your turns as a bonus action. Now that's dope. That this is cool. raging teleporting monster just. Poof, 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 poof. I I, uh, I find it kind of strange that there is uh, some level of control to this feature. I, you learn to hone it over time, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Well, some of these maybe. Hold on. Let's read the rest of them. We'll, yes. we'll see. So effect three is an intangible, intangible spirit, which looks like a flump or a pixie. Cool. Your choice appears within five feet of one creature of your choice that you can see within thirty feet of you. At the end of your current turn, the spirit explodes, and each creature within five feet of it must succeed a dexterity saving throw or take 1d6 force damage. Until your age ends, you can use this effect again, summoning another spirit on each of your turns as a bonus action. So you exploding can... fart monster or exploding <laughs> glitter bomb. Now, I think the idea here with those two is you essentially summon a spirit that looks very harmless and delicate and when the thing gets close it explodes on them yeah i don't see the reason why we have to tie it to two very specific like why a flum for pixie only like you know what i mean like the why be- can't it- they have the best explosions <laughs> i just feel like <laughs> it's like a cough i was actually thinking final fantasy it's like it's like a bomb which is a monster um sure yeah you don't know you don't know that monster for final fantasy so i might have saw it it's like a little flame ball monster with a face on it yeah yeah they explode so it's kind of like that yeah yeah <laughs> anyway well i like the i like so this spirit uh-huh. uh emerges next yeah. to the thing and they're like huh that looks funny uh-huh. it's got little tentacles coming out and it's yeah. just like starts to swell yes yeah and it's exactly. got a strained face like, wait what's going on here oh yeah uh, big fart yeah. Yeah. uh the fairy would do the same thing it would mm-hmm. look really horrific it would look like um Violet like from Willy human. Wonka, uh-huh. like blowing up into a big blueberry. Yes. Except at the end, it explodes, and it's like, oh god, kill me! <laughs> <laughs> That's horrifying. Yeah, it is. And the fact that you do this every turn, you're just setting off bombs all over the. This is a fun class. Well, is are these randomly assigned, or you just pick one of these? They're randomly assigned, but oh, yeah, once yeah, yeah. assigned, you could do it every turn. Oh shoot! Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it, the, the assignment happens at the beginning of your rage. I see. So you're hoping to get lucky with the one you want, but also it seems like most of these are useful. So effect four, magic infuses one weapon of your choice that you are holding. Until your rage ends, ends, the weapon's damage type changes to force, and it gains the light and throne properties with a normal range of 20 feet and a long range of 60 feet. If the weapon leaves your hand, the weapon reappears in your hand at the end of your current turn. So you just use this magical force weapon that you can throw. It reappears. And you just can repeat, repeat, repeat. Man, this is cool. This is not at all what I thought it was. And I'll tell you why at the end. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious because I think I know some of your reasoning. 
Um, effect five. Whenever a creature hits you with an attack roll before your rage ends, that creature takes 1d6 force damage as magic lashes out in retribution. So a nice little like protection spell. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, effect six. Until your rage ends, you are surrounded by multicolored protective lights. You gain a plus one bonus to AC. And while within 10 feet of you, your allies gain the same bonus. So an even better like protective spell, if you ask me. Well, maybe not better, but different. Well, I mean, the other thing isn't really a protective spell. One's more so a it's retaliation like rebuke. spell. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a hellish rebuke. Uh, this one is actually a protection spell. Yeah. Um, effect seven: flowers and vines temporarily grow around you until your rage ends. The ground within fifteen feet of you is difficult terrain for your enemies. Um, that that could be interesting in in certain specific cases. And finally, effect eight: a bolt of light shoots from your chest. Another creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet of you must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 1d6 radiant damage and be blinded until the start of your next turn. <laughs> until your rage ends, you can use this effect again on each of your turns as a bonus action. I like all these ones where it's like, oh, yeah, as a bonus action, you get to do this dope-ass thing on top of your rage attacks. Yeah. Like, it's great. Plus, like, a bolt of light shoots from your chest. Sub out chest for whatever you want, baby. Why chest? Oh, yeah, Why that's true. There? Yeah, it doesn't have to be chest. Yeah, pelvic bone, whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever whatever you want. Boom. Whatever you want. So those are the two features you get at level three. Like I said, one of them was the big one. Fuck, that's cool. This yeah. is so cool. It's very it's very uh, zany and crazy. So. Yeah, I mean, these are all going to be useful in combat. I like the flowers and vines thing because if somebody's trying to run away from you and you happen to have that, mm-hmm. you could chase them. This, this is a class that I would like to play if I was doing a one-shot. Because it's like a fun, like, the personality of your character doesn't even matter. I mean, it always matters, but, like, it's the mechanics that are carrying you with the fun of this Yeah, you know, like, you let the mechanics sort of drive the personality you right. came up with a little right. bit. So um, there's going to be some some chaos involved, usually. Right, right. So at level six, you get the feature called Bolstering Magic. You can harness your wild magic to bolster yourself or a companion as an action. You touch one creature, which can be yourself, and confer one of the following benefits of your choice to that creature. Um, there's two choices. One is for 10 minutes, the creature can roll a D3 whenever making an attack roll or an ability check and add the number rolled to the D20 roll. Um, the second effect that you could choose is you could roll a d3 the creature regains one expended spell slot the level of which equals the number rolled or lower once a creature receives this benefit that creature can't receive it again until after a long rest is it really a d3 there is an actual the way i would do that if it's you a d6 right i would either d6 it or i would just do a d4 with one two three and then four is a reroll. Yeah. Okay. So, or you could yeah you i probably do, do a d6, a d6 and... which is one and two two and two one and two three and four Five and six. Five and six. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Math. Counting. Numbers. <laughs> uh, you can take this action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Um, at level 10, you get the, get the feature Unstable Backlash. When you are imperiled during your rage, the magic within you can lash out. Immediately after you take damage or fail a saving throw while raging, you can use your reaction to roll on the wild magic table and immediately produce the effect rolled. The effect... This effect replaces your current wild magic effect. That's Ooh. cool because you might really get an effect that really isn't working for you this battle. So this gives you a reroll on that at level 10. So yeah, that's it, cool. Yeah, it's Switch nice. it up. Yeah. Well, for a level 10 feature, though. Well, we talked about that with the last one. The, the last level 10 feature was you get clairvoyance, basically. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of just like a, a mix up a little bit. Yeah. Of like yeah. a util- and, more of a utility thing. And maybe as we're looking at more barbarian subclasses, we'll see that's a common thing for level 10. Yeah, because you're when you're a barbarian, like you're scaling pretty well, like HP, HP wise, and, and damage yeah, wise and, yeah. and damage wise, 
you you start to fall off. I think around level ten is where you start to fall off to like mm. the wizard or like the cannon. Well, in I the mean, class. everyone falls to the it, yes. full casters. Yeah, yeah. So like you're you're kind of kind of you know right. Your level twenty is not as powerful as a wizard. It's just not. No, no, it's just not. You're still swinging the, the axe. You you're know? swinging you're still it doing, so fucking good. You're, though. you're doing it great. Yeah. You're doing it better than anybody. Yeah. But you're still. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And you know, spells I, say lots of things. They. <laughs> They do, they do. Well, he's fucking me. I'm, okay, man. So, final feature. Uh, at level 14 for the Wild Magic Barbarian, you gain the feature called Controlled Surge. Whenever you roll on the Wild Magic table, you can roll the die twice and choose from the two effects to unleash. If you roll the same number on both die, you can ignore the number and choose any effect on the table. <sighs> I don't like this one. Yeah, it's more of the same. I don't like this one. It's more of the same. I Well, you know what I want this one to be? You're called a Wild Magic Barbarian, yeah. and the last thing you get is... Controlled is in the name. That doesn't make any fucking sense to no, me. You know what I want this to be? Huh? I want this to be rather than you roll twice and get to choose one. Fuck this. Like this is your final feature. Roll twice and you get both. Ooh. That but maybe that's overpowered. I don't know, but that's how that's what I want it it's to be. It's probably overpowered. It probably but like, is. still. Yes. Yes. I mean, scaling wise, this is kind of lackluster. Yeah. Also, um, it says I have I gripe with the controlled being in the in the name. It should remain chaotic in some way, but uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. But any questions about the Wild Magic Barbarian before we get into my character? Nah, what'd you do? Okay. So <laughs> I'm not a big Barbarian fan, despite the fact that I am rolling a Barbarian or our next big campaign, which I'm very excited for. But um, even on top of that, I'm not a big Wild Magic kind of person. I'm not into the chaos and the random tables. It's never just really been my bag. So I actually... I struggled for a little bit trying to come up with a character that I thought would be fun to, to sure. roleplay as. Did you come up with like a one-shot guy like you were saying? I came up with it, it, not a one-shot guy. This this could totally be a character that you could you could run for a whole campaign. But I almost see this as more as a like a, a crazy NPC you might come across if you like take that left path and don't go the way that the DM wanted you to go. I like that. <laughs> so the fucking crazy, like, uh, fucking drifter in the woods. Kinda, actually, kinda. So my character's name is Kelnog Moog the Nilbogborn. Yeah, <laughs> the Nilbog's back, baby. And yes, it's a goblin. And essentially, I didn't like type up a whole story for this character, but essentially, uh, this Kelnog's parents uh, at some point piss off a Nilbogborn or uh, piss off uh, a Nilbog. Mm-hmm. Like whether that's like so the, the whole thing with Nilbogs is like. If tyranny is getting out of control, the Nilbog comes to like shake that. We shit should up. probably recap what the Nilbog is real quick. So the Nilbog is okay. I remember the Nilbog. So the idea here is that Maglubiet killed all the goblin gods. Yeah, <laughs> and only one got away, and it was the 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 trickster, the 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 unnamed god of uh, mischief. Right. Um. They're, they're both goblin pantheon still. So there's two left. Maglubiet is goblin or no? Maglubiet is the invader who, who rules over all the goblin pantheon. Now. now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And the only ones I think he left alive was like one of the hobgoblin ones and the two brothers who are in charge of the bugbears. Okay. And everyone else is murderized. Right. Uh, except for this unnamed goblin god of mischief that got away. Mm-hmm. And the idea here is since Maglubiet's the god of like tyranny and all this other bullshit, when tyranny starts getting out of control amongst goblin kind, if like the goblins are being too oppressed then uh, this trickster god will transform one of these oppressed goblins into a whimsical, mystical, mischievous creature called a Nilbog. Yeah, like the jester of of goblins. Yeah. Well, the jester is the thing that they make in order to make a Nilbog not show up. Oh, right. Yes. That's right. I did forget that part. Right. Nice. So 
But it's like that. But it's kind of like that. So yeah. the Nilbog go, then goes around undermining society and trying to end the tyranny just through zany, crazy, chaotic magic. Right. They don't necessarily know the Nilbog shows up right away. No, not right away. Know yeah, eventually. Yeah. But the Nilbog's also not like this friend of the people person either. The, right. The Nilbog causes chaos and mayhem everywhere. I'm trying to goes. de-establish the, yeah, the, ex- the hierarchy here. Exactly. So my idea here is that Kalnog was probably originally born to a chieftain of a goblin tribe. And whatever this chieftain and uh, or chieftainess did, it pissed off a Nilbogborn. Maybe they killed their jester because the jester pissed them off. And then the Nilbogborn was, was or the Nilbog was born. Yeah. And um, the idea here is that the Nilbog is in retaliation for like the terrible things that these uh, goblin chiefs did mm-hmm. was blessed and or cursed, depending on how you look at it. Their firstborn child, right. Kalnog. Okay. So Kalnog was cursed with Nilbog powers where that wherever Kalnog goes, chaotic stuff happens. Nice. Completely outside of his control. And even worse, like um, some of it is damaging and like like a lot of these wild magic features we've been talking about. So this causes enough mayhem in the village where the village basically they depose the chieftain, build their own society, and they banish Kalnog as a child into the woods. You can't be here because you cause destruction and pain and you're dangerous. Right. So he gets banished off into the woods and has to live this hermetic lifestyle. Probably doesn't know how to read, barely knows how to talk. And he becomes this almost urban legend to the children in the village. <laughs> He's Kalnog cool. the Nilbog born. And they sing uh, songs about him coming and eating the children. Even That's though, fucking funny. Even though Kalnogmog's not like that. Kalnogmog's just basically this, this Sasquatchian creature right. that lives out there. That becomes the that, boogeyman. That becomes the boogeyman. And crazy stuff in the woods always does happen because Kalnogmog is out there. But he's just eking out an existence like killing bears and eating them, you know, living there. He's probably actually living a, a dope life. I see Kalnogmog like... Because of his inherent power, he's able to eke out a pretty decent existence. Yeah, he's like going to go druid it out in the forest yeah. a little bit. But maybe at some point something something ominous happens. Maybe there's a dark omen or maybe a plague sweeps through the village village or something. And whatever it is, the village blame, blames Kalnog. got to go kill Kalnog. So they, they drive him out of the forest and he's forced to leave. Ooh, what if it's, they burn that shit down? Yeah, maybe they accidentally burn their own forest down. I don't know. Kalnog the Mo- only way to kill Kalnog is to yeah. burn him to the ground. So Kalnog Mog the Nilbogborn is banished <laughs> off into the land and he has to become an adventurer. That's great because you yeah. can write a whole bunch of cool songs with a name like yes, that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I wanted yeah, I wanted to give him a very difficult to pronounce name because I thought it was funny. Yeah, but say also, it slow for me. Kalnog. Kalnog Moog the Nilbogborn. Kalnog Moog the yeah. Nilbogborn. Yeah, That's Kalnog fun. Mog That's really Nilbogborn. fun to say. Kalnog I love this. Mog the Nilbogborn. But yeah. So that's my character. I mean, I guess we could go over stats. Let's build more goblins. Yeah, sixteen <laughs> armor class. He's so sh- he. Oh, I went dexterity with him, but then I was looking at rage, and it's it's tied to strength. But I was like, fuck it, he's dexterous. Mm-hmm. So he's got a plus four to dexterity, a plus two to constitution, plus one to wisdom, plus one to charisma for some reason. Forty foot walking speed, seventy seven HP. He's trained in acrobatics, athletics, nature, and survival. Um. You know, he's got all the features we just talked about here. I Did I give him a feat? I don't think I did, but I'm going to check just in case. Uh, we also get stuff like Brutal Critical, I think. And like basic, yeah, stuff basic like barbarian that. Yeah. Stuff. So you're gonna, your damage output is yeah. going to be really great. I, I would want to build him in such a way where he probably fights with, like, daggers made out of, like, 
bones of his kills. Doing like a two-handed thing? Yeah, doing a two-handed thing. I know that's not optimal, but this is just how I imagine it's it. It's actually pretty good. He's dual-wielding bone daggers, and he's dexterous. At the early levels, the, yeah. the dual wield's not so bad. Yeah, and I know that the rage boosts strength attacks, but if I was a dungeon master... I would be like, yeah, he fights with fucking dexterous daggers. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let his rage boost his attack damage. That's not a hard thing. Just, yeah. like, substitute the word strength with dex. Yeah, I mean, I under, like, the reason it is that way is because you could really break the barbarian build with a dex build. But, like, this isn't going to be broken. I would allow this. I just think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, when you're going to do stuff like that and yeah. you want to maintain some semblance of oh. balance, you need to incorporate that. I did give him a feat, the dual wielder feat. So he would get oh, okay, a, nice. a plus one AC extra, and extra he would attack. be able to do the, the full extra attack, not just uh, not just the die, but the actual yeah, bonus as well. I think Brandon Bobby did a bonus attack a lot without the bonus, mm-hmm. but it, it ended up really working out at the early levels, like I, like I was saying, yeah. um, to get that extra swing in because you're really not... you're. It's going to help your damage output a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now he's exclusively, like, he's got the extra attack. He's going to great axe. Right, right. And then uh, the last thing I'll say about Kel'Nogmog is, as a goblin, he gets two cool features. One, he gets Fury of the Small. Mm-hmm. Um, once per short rest, he can deal eight extra damage to a creature uh, that is a size larger than him, and he is a size small creature. Nice. So that's most creatures. So just an extra eight damage. I think that's, that's tied to a specific stat, but it's not listed here. And then he also has Nimble Escape. You can take the Disengage or Hide action as a bonus action on each of your turns. So cool. he's a mobile little guy. And um, I think that Kelnog in his heart is kind, but he has been subjected to such harshness and poor treatment that he probably has aggression as his his first barrier of defense to keep yeah. people back. But I like this idea of like a party taking him in and him slowly, like... Yeah, like, the, the Akatsuki. The, oh, what, why the Akatsuki? Oh, because you made a Naruto character? He's got a Did good, I? He's got a good heart, but then he gets broken and he joins the Akatsuki. Oh, my God. That's okay. That's just, you know, it's just an archetype. <laughs> Anyways, I could see a party taking him in and, like, you know, calming him, bringing him some calm and acceptance. Yeah. And I want I want a good life for Kellnog Moog, but um, who knows? I'll probably never play him. Uh, but anything you want to add to any of our barbarians before we get ready for our long rest? Um, I did take the toughness feat, I should have said, um, because for some reason, my players really wanted a fuck ton of HP. Mm-hmm. And when one of them took it, the other had to take it mm-hmm. because they fell out of scale. Oh, and it's oh, true. They yeah. were. Yeah. It was like, uh, this guy's boasting. I think I made a less powerful version of Brandon Bobby for this one because I just kind of, I was looking for you the physical sheet, but I think it's somewhere else. But I yeah, um, I put it together the way I kind of remembered it. And yeah, yeah, this is pretty close. Um, I like deck stuff for... For barbarians, because they get the um, they get the spider sense and all that. Yeah, I mean it's just not optimal, but I think it's cool. So. Yeah, um, yeah. What, what's where did your HP land? Seventy seven. I got one fifteen. <laughs> yeah. 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 What, what level did you build to? Uh, eight. Oh, okay. Okay, I built to ten. So there's a yeah. little bit off there, but yeah, the toughness toughness feat is cool. Con is like something you're gonna want to buff for your barb. Um, no, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, I would have landed in the upper 90s uh, if I built level 10. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think I did something weird in mine. With the human, I took... Um, he might have taken the variant human with, like... Yeah, yeah. I guess I, we didn't really say he was human, did we? I did at the beginning, oh, okay. human barbarian. But, like, I just barely mentioned it. But, yeah, I took the plus one to all, just, mm-hmm. like, as the basic. I think oh. he might have chosen the, the... I'm sure he chose the variant, the variant because everyone feet. does. It's bad. Yeah, I know he had toughness feet. I know he gets to re-roll weapon damage, but I think that's just a normal barbarian thing, the... the Reckless, not reckless. Um, no, he savage probably, attacker, brutal, something like that. No, he must have took the great weapon master or something. Like Maybe that. he did do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that might be. Does the, he fight the with a two hand? 
Yeah. Yeah. Then he took the great the great great weapon master feat. Yeah, you can re he can reroll his weapon die and yeah. take the higher. Yeah, that's so. what I'm going to try and take with uh, Akari, but we'll get into that another day. It's okay, cool, it's, it matters. Yes, it, it matters it a lot. Definitely does way more damage. Yes, absolutely. Okay, it's long rest time. Let's get ready. Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome to the long rest. It's been uh, it's been a we need this long rest for the long journey of building our beholder. Yes, which is coming to a close. We're and doing a new, it. We're but a new door will open as this one shuts uh, on a new beholder. So be sure to catch us next episode where we will start building another ten tentacled monster. Um, or but is today it nine? we're gonna, it's ten. It's and ten. today we're gonna finish our first though, we, which we, I'm very excited for. So Brian, do you want to tell the audience what the final beam of this beholder is? Yeah, uh, Genki Dama, and. Uh, it has to summon the all the the souls of the, the energy from the souls of planet Earth, and that's that's the final move. I'm just kidding. That's what yeah. Goku does. Yes. Now this one's going to be um, based off of the ancestral barbarian. Uh, it's going to be an augury beam. So it's going to when this beam fires and hits somebody, uh, it's going to hit him in the head because mm-hmm. that's where all the beams are going to land from now on. Sure. Uh, we'll get to that, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be. Um, it's gonna be. Uh, it's basically gonna cast this, make make the person experience the spell augury. It's gonna mm-hmm. like cast a spell on him, and uh, it's gonna tell him. It's gonna force him to to realize that fighting this beholder is a fucking bad idea. Yeah, it's just gonna <laughs> tell them like wheel or woe to fighting this beholder, and it's always woe whoa. for the most part. <clears throat> you're gonna hear your bo- you're gonna hear one of your party members yeah. be like whoa, <laughs> They're like whoa what? It's like no no not like that. <laughs> like, bad idea man. Um, we gotta go. So we got Augury Beam. For the final physical feature, we struggled with this one. With um, We decided to make it wild magic based. And we decided to go with like the being infused with wild magic. And this, this Beholder is to such a degree that much like the intangible spirit of the Flum for Pixie, which explodes, um, there is a 1% chance when you encounter this thing and engage battle that this thing just fucking explodes on you. This thing just explodes. <laughs> yeah. So roll a D100 yes. on a 99. Uh, this, this thing dies. This beholder. It, oh, it kills probably everything else along with this it. This beholder explodes yes. and everybody dies. Exactly. Everybody dies. Yes. Um, how often do we roll the D100? No, it's just upon uh, rolling initiative. <laughs> oh, Every time this thing fights, it's a 1% chance it, it explodes. So you'll probably never see it because <laughs> the fight will either end with all of you dying or it dying. Yes. But probably all of you. Yes, absolutely. And... Uh, Otherwise, it explodes and everybody dies. <laughs> yes. So that's his final physical feature is Wild Magic Explosion. Yeah. Um, and this boulder has been completed. It has nine unique physical features. It has nine specific eye rays. And uh, we've seen some artwork done of it up to, I think, uh, feature six and seven, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. Thank you, Hobble And it looks strikingly similar to Cruella DeVille. Yes, like, it does. Very shockingly similar. It's like a beholder version of Cruella DeVille. So, Brian's come up with a wonderful name. You want to tell him, tell our audience what we've named our first beholder, Brian? Oh, Cruel Eyes. <laughs> so we're going to call him uh, Cruel Eyes DeVille. Yes. Semicolon headshot. Yes, exactly. That is the, the name of this moniker. beholder. Yes. Cruel Eyes DeVille. We sat here for a while, yeah. like 10 minutes, like struggling to name this thing. <laughs> like really, but really trying to hit him. But eventually we got there um, so, with, with much Googling and much brain so power. So Cruel Eyes DeVille. Cruel Eyes. Cruel Eyes. Oh, cruel Eyes. Well, I guess, yeah, because it does have lots of eyes. So Cruel Eyes. Cruel Eyes DeVille. Cruel Eyes DeVille. <laughs> you call him old Cruel Eyes. Or just Headshot. Also known as Headshot. Every time that beam hits, Headshot. Indeed. Headshot. You're going to hear that um, magically thaumaturged out. So 
At this point, we've already announced the winner for our contest on Twitter and Instagram. We don't know that right now because we record ahead of time. But as soon as we do know, we'll be making the announcement here as well. So congratulations to our two winners for uh, the books, Candlekeep Mysteries. Hope you guys enjoy the adventures that are held within. And everyone stay tuned for the next contest, which we'll, we will be announcing probably in the next coming weeks or so. Uh, yeah, it'll be for the new Ravenloft book. Almost definitely, yes. Yeah, and it'll probably have similar rules as this one. I don't yeah, see we'll see. We're playing around it. with some rule ideas. Instagram um, might change. Twitter probably won't. I don't really know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But um, we'll announce that later. And uh, But anyway, keep an eye out on um, Twitter and Instagram. That's where you're, you will hear about it first. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Dungeon Cast on Twitter and same on Instagram, the Dungeon Cast. There's not really an at thing for Instagram. Just the Dungeon Cast. We got those good. Uh, we we claimed our name. <laughs> if you guys like what we do here, please leave a comment, subscribe. Um, please leave an iTunes review. That helps us a lot. Mm-hmm. Spread the word. Tell your friends. And until then, I think we could call it a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys next time. Goodbye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.